This chapter is called The Tour. He tossed the walkie-talkie on the spool and motioned her for her to follow him. Wendella, I think we should start this off right. They went up some stairs and came out onto a dingy aisle. He picked up a rod and walked her to a corner where a pile of sludge covered in white fuzz lay. He stuck the rod in and the smell leaped at her. She flinched and Poet smiled as he held the rod, now coated with sticky sludge, before her and began to slowly speak as if he were an archaeologist and this was his fascinating new bone. Shit, he said, is the only thing that comes out of you that nature has deemed unfit for visuals. The breath, tears, sweat, saliva, and puke can be seen. Shit alone is pushed out the back like a disputatious relative. Nature has been around for damn near two billion years and this is not about spite. It's about poison. Shit is poison and it is set up so that it goes one way and you go the other. With this, we must pause. You might as well get used to it. Repeat after me. Shit, shit, shit. When Della did so as she started, as she stared at the dripping rod. Okay, that wasn't so bad, was it? They say that repetition will smooth the edges and take the gloss from anything, no matter what. This is to say that you can see too much Van Gogh. Hang a Van Gogh near the toilet so you can see it while you shit. After a while, it gets to be nothing but wallpaper, and you find yourself draping pantyhose on it and leaving the caps of toothpaste tubes up on the top of the frame. Just keep looking, and eventually you don't see a thing. We got miles of belts carrying 5,000 tons of shit 24 hours a day. That's a lot of plops and splats. It's in your nose, on your skin, on your shoes, and on everyone's mind. It's the fifth elemental. Litter City is bonded to shit much like Greenlanders and Inuits are to snow and ice. It's life. It's salvation. It's the color of money and the weight of gold. It's the daughter's college, the medical bills, the car in the driveway, and the food on the table. If missionaries had came here, shit's sheer pervasiveness would have had them sprinkling it in their daily consecration. So remember Van Gogh, then say, shit, this will take you far. He tossed the rod to the floor and grinned. I gave pretty much the same speech to Willie, the guy you're replacing. He wasn't a junkie then, but I think he was by the time I finished. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm a little dizzy, but I did give you 35 cents, and you're going to get every penny of it. I was sort of afraid of that. Don't be. The truth will never hurt you, he thought for a moment. Okay, maybe it will hurt you, but it won't kill you, he thought again. Um, maybe you want me to give you Willie's pusher's name? No, I'm okay. Maybe later. Good. Come over here and look out this window. He motioned her to a grimy window. What do you see? She walked to the window and peered out. There were people walking to the building and standing around talking in front of the office building that held the locker rooms and classrooms. She shrugged. A bunch of people walking around? But what color are they? Mostly black with a few whites sprinkled in. What color are their hats? You mean their helmets? Yeah. Blue and white mostly. There you go, Wendella. 
Those are the only two colors that matter. There are blue hats and there are white hats. We are the blue and they are the white. This place is always under construction, so we have to wear helmets, and since we have to wear helmets, some genius figured that we might as well provide the workers with blue helmets and management with white ones. This way, everybody knows where everybody stands. The white hats are standing up there, and you, partner, are standing in it. Oh, okay, she interrupted. So who's that? And she pointed to a man wearing a brown helmet. That partner... <laughs> is a creature called a contractor. When Judge Fikens put this place under the, the decree, he told the city to find some answers and find them fast. This is, of course, the good old U.S. of A. We have a problem here. We call a consultant. Look at that guy, Wendella. Does he look good or what? I mean, he has to. Consultants have to be impressive. No one is going to pay good money to a guy who shows up in a rusty Buick with a bleached blonde in the back willing to take on all comers. No, a consultant has got to mm, at least seem better than you. There must be some patina that you don't have that convinces you that when this person finally spews forth the message that it is from on high. You're okay as long as you don't try to pet them. They're like sharks. Once they smell money, they go into a frenzy and rip large chunks of cash from the victim until there's a sea of red ink. Uh, I'll, I'll try to remember that, though. I'm pretty safe because if I had money, would I be here? I don't know. You said you liked adventure. Still, I think it's a little early in our relationship to talk finances. Instead, I think we should go to the roof now. There, I'll give you my discourse on sludge and watch you be suitably impressed. They climbed the stairs and stepped off on the roof. Port pointed over to an area of large, flat, low concrete buildings, one of which had no top, and she could see a brownish water rolling, roiling in it. That's secondary, and they, of course, are responsible for secondary sludge. The sludge that comes over here has two basic forms, secondary shit, which is brown and liquidy, and primary shit, which is more like mud. We'll get to primary in a minute. The actual name for secondary shit is waste-activated sludge. It sounds interesting, but it's nothing but your basic human body bacteria grown in large tanks fed by sewage. It does the real work of getting contaminants out of the water, but it doesn't have any friends. This is because when your basic bug is taken out of your large intestines, where God meant it to be, it can be pretty temperamental. Think about it. This bug was raised to expect a nice, warm American gut full of fat, sugars, and other blessings. From this cornucopia, the bug is thrust in the cold water, whirled about piping, pushed through pumps, then splashed into a large tank with a whole bunch of other bugs that had had a similar experience. That's what you see boiling out there in the deck. Now over there is primary. Yeah, you showed me that earlier. You, you interrupted the SPO. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't know. I, I'm starting to sense rebellion here. Poet put the back of his hand to his forehead and feigned his wound. I am an artist, you know. I can't have bad vibes. It ruins the whole mood. He held the position and peeked over at her. Wendella stared at him with bemused expression. Are you always going to be like this? You're a hard one, huh? No appreciation at all. I said I was sorry, didn't I? Poet sighed, but held his phone. It's not enough. 
Rondella pulled a nickel from her pocket and stretched it out to him. Money? How could you insult me so? She shrugged, and as she began to withdraw her arm, he snatched it from her. I've reconsidered. As I was about to say before I was so rudely interrupted, the sewage plant is really a custom station for wastewater. If water has its way, it would just wander about picking up and dropping off things. The plant, however, pulls it over, shakes down everything it doesn't think water should have, then lets it go. The sea's contraband is primary sludge. Primary sludge is old-fashioned conservative sludge. You can dry it and burn it for heat or sow it into ground, then watch plants have a growth riot. Ain't nothing that nice, however. This is the earth, after all, and sludge follows the basic rule of nature. Anything can be a real pain, sometimes. Primary follows this rule very closely because fresh sludge, being mostly inert and pretty stupid, has only one goal, and that is to become old sludge. Old sludge is the aged, vicious, flatulent relative who won't die, can't be killed, and is far too dangerous to keep around. All you can do is move her along before she gets hold of an axe and goes after the family. You lock her up in a paddy wagon and cart her off to the next place and let them try to handle her. We deal with this by piping the primary sludge to sludge processing. That's the building over there by primary with the big holding tanks. Well, guess what? They don't want it either. And they mix it with secondary sludge and send it to the vacuum fillers. And they turn it into sludge cake. Sludge cake is what you make if you want to get rid of the primary sludge before it becomes old sludge. It has to be taught or persuaded to get together. This is not easy. These particles were floating in water all by their lonesome, sort of like your huck fins and gems on the Mississippi. They were independent, each one moving towards its separate destiny. Fate in the guise of the plant intervened and dropped them out of the water. But sludge, as mentioned previously, is stupid. They were off the big muddy, but this no way changed their sense of destiny, no brought them to share any affinity with their fellow travelers. Wastewater treatment now becomes a call to nationalism for particles. It causes disparate particles to join together with one cause and one purpose. It does this through a special provocateur known as polymer which helps pull the particles together and also, by the way, makes the sludge cake so slick that if you step in it, you'll go right on your butt. To particles, however, polymer is a catchy tune played by a fife and drum corps that so inspires these particles that they forget their dreams of individuality and move toward a common destiny. Of course, the last refuge of the scoundrelous nationalism. Once the plant has got them marching for the particle land, it sends them into a vat where they are then sucked tightly onto a cloth. As this cloth turns, they are dumped off onto a builder's cake. This cake has the consistency and feel of a good thick mud pie, and in it are gazillions of outraged particles who have heard the song of unity, seen its betrayal, and wait only. For revenge. It is from these that all the gorilla minion of shit arises. Splattered shit, dripping shit, piles of shit, crusted shit, hairy shit, green shit, dried shit, frozen shit, and, at all time favorite, flying shit. Poet took a deep bow 
This is where you're supposed to applaud, he said, through clenched teeth. Oh, sorry, said Wendell, and began to applaud wildly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there something else I'm supposed to do? Yeah, you can ask questions if you want. God, I don't know where to start. I mean, it's all so strange. Do you know what I'm saying? Hump? What hump? Why haven't folks said what you're talking about? Now she laughed out loud as she recognized his parody of Igor from the movie Young Frankenstein. But, wait a second, he interrupted. Is it? Yes, it is. I want you to pay particular attention to the swagger. He says as he pointed down at a figure walking from the building that that big a, a braggadocio is Stackhouse, our fearless leader of solids. I met him when I first came over. Were you suitably impressed? Well, no, he seems kind of stuck on himself, if you know what I mean. Hold on, partner. I, I, I feel another soliloquy coming on. God, that, that's got to hurt. Sometimes it does, but this one, I think, I think will be easy. Stand back. Here it comes. Boss. Here. It's much closer to the chain gang sense of boss. The attitude being, kick the ass of the guy below you and kiss the ass of the one above you. The White Hats did not invent this style of doing things, sure. They embellished it a bit here and there, but for the most part, they pretty much picked it up from the assembly line. For a good many people, this is what boss meant. Fear and respect from those below to compensate for the shower of abuse being dropped on their heads from above. Well, when the tide rose, this was the boat most of Glitter City management rode in on. They had the seniority and the best shots at promotions. The good guys had long since pulled in their heads with the idea of surviving, and this left the blood sport to those particularly adapted to mindless cruelty and limitless egotism. This ain't an assembly plan. It's a wastewater treatment plan. There is no one job that the person is supposed to do or a specific time in which that person should be doing it or one single way of doing it, and to make matters even worse, sometimes it's very important not to do anything. How can one exert power and kick ass if one can't even find the ass that needs to be kicked? How can one get the work done when one doesn't even know what the person you're riding hurt on should be doing at that moment? The basic assembly answer is to hammer whatever's available. Being at least true to their calling, they beat the beast to get the job done. The problem is, the job can't be done, even if they didn't beat the beast, or even if it was decided to take the beast out to a nice dinner in a theater. So far, that's how matters have stood. People working and dodging the best they can, the falling hammers. You're kidding, right? Poet looked at her, smiled, and beckoned her down the stairs. As soon as they walked into the stairway, a piercing scream rolled through the air. She leaped back. What was that? Poet didn't turn around, but continued down the stairs as he spoke. Ah, the effects of falling hammers. She followed him down somehow, knowing that this was all the answer he was going to give. A couple of flights down, he turned through a door and stood waiting for her. Our next step will be to take the elevator up to the fourth floor and see the upper horse. Didn't we just walk past the fourth floor? I mean, if we were on the roof and now we're going to take the elevator up, then we walk past it, right? 
poet grinned at her like an idiot and waited for her to finish. Never mind, she said. Okay, then, he said, as he turned and started towards the elevator. We have to do this because this elevator is part of the adventure. Because this elevator, like everything around here, mostly works sometimes. With this, he held the door open for her and followed her in. We can press this button and it will mostly sometimes take us to the fourth floor. By the way, nobody takes the elevator to go on break or to lunch. The rest of the time is cool, especially if you went to the bathroom ahead of time and bought something to do while they pried you out of this thing. He pressed the button and the elevator creaked to life and shuddered its way to the fourth floor. Actually, you had nothing to worry about. If you're in no hurry, it tends to be prompt and efficient. But get on the damn thing with a lunatic or a junkie needing a fix, then you have the makings of a long evening. Uh, I guess, said Wendella, in the future I should probably take the stairs. You must have went to college. You picked that right up. Now, I want you to come over here and look through this port. They stepped out into another maze of gray metal, and he took her over to what she assumed was the top of the incinerators. He flipped up an iron viewport that sat in the middle of the door. She peered in, but all she saw was blackness. It was dark and with a faint red glow, but she still couldn't see much. Take your time, said Port. We got a lot of sludge cake in this thing, so it's pretty dark. You'll get it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see these huge things spreading and turning the feed. Port talked as she gazed into the center. What you're looking at are the rabble arms. There are four of them up here on each heart, and with the help of those metal blades coming out of the bottom of them, they furrow and turn the cake so it will dry out in the heat. This area of hell is heart one, two, and three, and it's called the drying zone. Mandela watches a large arm slowly swept past the door with the steaming sludge turning and separating as the teeth pass through them. It did look like hell. All that was needed was a devil sitting at the middle of the shaft and a few blackened bodies, and you were right there. She heard a grunt and then mumbled behind her. Then someone tapped her shoulder. She turned to find a small, plump, old black man with a tiny yellow construction helmet on his head, a shovel in one hand, and a broom in the other, eyeing her contemptuously. You standing in my pile, he said. She looked down, and sure enough, she had put her foot on a neat six-inch diameter cone of dirt. When Della quickly snatched her foot out of the dirt and retreated back towards Port, apologizing all the way, the old man looked at the pile with a footprint and scowled at her, then back at the pile and began mumbling something about respect as he deepened up the pile. Port interceded, Plez, this is Wendella Jackson. She's taking Willie's place. Wendella, this is Plez, who works up here. Wendella came forth and stuck out her hand. Plez did not take it immediately. He carefully leaned the shovel against the girder, then leaned the broom against the incinerator, took her hand, and held it in his gnarled grip. Well, it was a no-count junkie. You don't do no drugs, do you? Wendell stammered, no. Then sensing that this was not enough, to, not enough, held up her fingers and said, Scout's honor? Good, said Pledge. Junkie's always messing up my pile, stumbling around up here. He let go of her hand, turned, picked up his shovel, and picked up his broom, and began to build a neat conical pile. He stopped briefly and looked at Wendella. You're still out of the piles, he mumbled, and went back to work as if they didn't exist. 
poet put his fingers to his lips to tell her to be quiet. Then he motioned her with his hands to follow. When he finally stopped, he looked excited. What was all that about, Wendell asked. Poet gave her his second amazed look of the day. He really took a liking to you. Liking? I thought he was going to kill me. Poet smiled and shook his head. No, no, you don't understand. You stepped in Pleasant's pile. He actually saw you with your foot and one of his pals, and here you are, still living, to tell the tale. You were supposed to get banjoed good. Kill you? Hell, he might ask you out to lunch. I've worked with him for five years, and all he's ever done is threaten me with his shovel and grunt. I was supposed to get banjoed? You brought me up here and told me to look in there so I would get banjoed? Yeah. You said you wanted to, and I quote, See the incinerators and die. Well, you had your chance. You was looking in the incinerator, and that old man was supposed to banjo you something fierce. I can't be held responsible when nothing happened. She had been on the job less than an hour, and she had been laughed at, gassed by a gorgeous man, and now nearly banjoed, and then she didn't even know what banjoed was, though it didn't sound too good. You keep saying banjoed. How was I going to be banjoed? What the hell is a banjoed anyway? Oh, they don't tell y'all nothing no more because they send you over here before they send you over here, do they? A banjo is a shovel. If someone is shoveling, we say they banjoing. What players has done to everybody, including me, and probably all the way to God, is to smack them across the butt with a shovel if you find them anywhere near one of his piles. I was supposed to get whacked on the butt with a shovel? Yeah, of course, then I was going to say with a big grin, Welcome to Glitter City, while you rub your butt, but for some reason he didn't do it. He must think butter would melt on your ass, because if he had a saw me with my foot in his pile, he would have knocked me in the next Thursday. So you brought me here to get whacked, and now, since nothing happened, you have to come up with something new? Did you ever think that maybe getting me whacked is a little off base? Off base? This is Glitter City. You got whacked when you walked through the door, and you're going to keep getting whacked till you get out of here. It's a shame that I couldn't get you properly initiated, but if you don't tell anybody, I won't, okay? Wendella blew out a long breath, took off her helmet, and looked up at the ceiling. Earl, what have you got yourself into this time, she thought. Poet was now motioning her to follow him to the stairwell. Wendella paused. Tell me first. There are no ceremonies involving being pushed down the steps. No, we ain't that advanced over here. Now, those SOBs across the street, now, they might. I was going to take you up to look at the sludge hoppers. Poet put his hand over his heart. On my word, as a poet and a gentleman. Wendella sighed again, and Poet led her up the stairwell to the fifth floor, and they butt. Poet yelled at the butt. Hey, Marty, what's up? The butt did not stand up, but reached back and waved a hand. The man reminded Wendella of Muslims at daily prayer, except he was not faced toward Mecca, and Complex One was no idea of a place to worship. What's he doing? asked Wendella. Wave at the butt. You don't want to be impolite, do you? She waved at the butt. Miraculously, he waved back. Poet smiled at her like a proud tutor watching his pupil. He's breathing. After a few hours up here, you start to feel like you're suffocating, and right where his head is is where breeze comes up here. You have fans up here, right? Why not turn them on? 
They are on. You see? Look over there. See them turning? What good are fans over there going to do for anybody over here? You're not questioning our engineering staff, are you? People who are trained in all the subtleties of design. I mean, if those fans were over there and he's not, whose fault is that? They put fans in here and it's not their fault. Those guys like Marty refuse to use them. You've got to be kidding. Hey, Marty, you need to take some feed out of number two. I was just looking in the hearth and the shit is getting up on the teeth. Marty waved back the OK sign and Poet continued on showing the hoppers, showing the hoppers. These hoppers sit right over the incinerators and they got screws down in them to help the shit get into the incinerators. The problem is if the hopper gets too high, the shit pushes through the screws too fast since it's wet. That's the reason why you need someone up here to keep your eyes on the situation. Well, what would happen if too much sludge got in? Poet smile. Hell goes in the session. Come on. They headed back down the stairs and came out on the second floor of the incineration. But at the other end, her eyes widened. The rest of the incinerators were silvery gray. This one was covered in soot and the doors looked as if they had been scorched. This is old number one. This is what happens when these babies go up. They had one hell of a time with this one. Okay. The top hearths are for drying, right? Well, if the sludge gets too heavy, then it gets pushed down from the drying hearths to the burning hearths. Then the cooling hearths start on the second, down on the second floor, start doing the burning. Meanwhile, all that is, all that heat is still rising up in the furnace, trying to dry the cake, and you get every burner on also trying to dry the cake. If you don't get it here. We get hot cinders down here. They were now on the first floor, where two men stood looking at a pneumatic gate attached to the bottom of the incinerator. Poet came up to them and introduced Wendella. Wendella, these are the fine men of the Ash system, Mike and Irwin. They both said hi and gave her heartly a glance. Without them, none of this stuff works. And with us, it still don't work half the time. You see the shit, said Mike, pointing to a box that's set on a column near the incinerator. I called maintenance and told them this solenoid was broke. They sent two fools over here and they analytically troubleshoot the whole thing for two hours, reported fix, and went off to lunch. You know what they did? They hit the damn thing with their screwdrivers, which jarred enough dust loose so that it would work for a little bit. Now, of course, it ain't working at all. Mike turned to Irwin and handed him a small piece of metal. Irwin knew what was coming, but took the metal rod from Mike and frowned at it like Mike had just put a gob of spit in his hands. Well, Irwin, here's a fine chance for you to use all the licenses you got for wastewater treatment. Take this and keep hitting this bitch till I get back with someone who knows how to fix a simple goddamn switch. Irwin, unlike Wendella, was a fully trained sewage plant operator who had been hired to come in and lead Glitter City to waste treatment sanity. He'd been working at his little plant along the side of the Shapta River for five years when Glitter City gave him a chance to make it all good and grab the brass ring. It provided that chance when it put out an all-points bulletin to the nation saying, we need trained bodies 
give me your wretched, your poor and unwashed. If they've got a license to work in a treatment plant, the pay for a wastewater treatment offer was close to a Yukon gold strike. Irwin made on average about six bucks an hour. The plant in Detroit was almost offering twice that much if he would just pack his stuff up and head to the land of opportunity. He rummaged through his papers, found his diploma and license, had some copies made, and sent off to Detroit. A month later, he got an offer for an interview and did well. He said his goodbyes, as thousands of men in the South had said their goodbyes to thousands of sweethearts. He said that he wasn't going to change, and that when he got the money, they would get them a nice house with children and a car and take vacations and have good clothes. He finished his litany, hopped into the old Mercury, and headed to Detroit. Irwin now watched Mike storm off the complex to look briefly at Poet and Wendella, then turned and tapped the little box. Uh, I guess I'll leave you uh, to your work, Irwin. Irwin grunted and tapped the box again. Poet walked away, continuing to explain. Wendella stopped him. Uh, those two don't seem like they like each other very much. He paused and made a face. Well, they, they got a problem. See, Mike is his boss, but Erwin is Mike's boss. Huh? Okay, let me try to explain it. See, Mike is operated an ass system, but he really isn't. He's the sewage plant attendant of the ass system, but they don't have an operator, so he's been working and getting paid as the operator for the last three years. Why didn't they just make him the operator? He couldn't pass the test for operator. But I thought you said he was working as an operator. How could he not pass the test? Doesn't he know the job? Oh, Mike's the best operator on the air system. He just didn't know enough about oxygen generation. They do oxygen generation on the air system? No, no. Ash don't have nothing to do with O2. So how could that keep him from being made an operator? You're going to ask questions like this, like, all the time. No, I'm just trying to understand. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Okay, O2 don't have nothing to do with Ash, but they want to make sure that the people being promoted knew all about the plant, so you had to know about the other parts of the plant. Mike ain't never worked out there, so he don't know anything about it. So, so why didn't he try to work out there? He couldn't because he knows the Ash system too good. They didn't have anybody who could replace him. That's why he was working the ass system in the first place. He couldn't get the ass job because he knows it because he knows it too well. Irwin has licenses and don't know diddly about ass, so he has to train Irwin to take his job. What? You're kidding, right? I think I think he asked that already. Look, it doesn't make much difference. He wouldn't have got by the Davis Gates anyway. What are the Davis Gates? Floyd grinned at her. Hell if I know. <laughs> it was another distant scream. Ah, man, said Poet. They had returned to the second floor. Poet called up to the control room to say he was back on the floor. He put down the walkie-talkie and looked at Wendella as she stared at the incinerators. Well, what do you think, he asked her. She looked back at him and scrunched up her face. Do you have that dope pusher's number handy? Brenda calling Poet. Come in, Poet. Brenda, this is Poet. Come back. Five-letter word for unable to move. Come back. 
poet paused, looked at Wendella as she examined her new home. Stuck, Brenda. Stuck. Poet out.